Kevin, cultural expressions are tangible or intangible manifestations of cultures. For example, in the form of art, literature, music, dance, theater, film, storytelling, etc. Such manifestations have a cultural value and can also be of economic value. Cultural expressions are tools for communication, information, and celebration. So what you're trying to say is culture is good. Well, yeah. So then, why not simply tell our listeners that we're going to learn a little bit more about Syracuse culture with the good folks from Cuse Culture Magazine on this episode of the Three One Five. Digital content on WAER is supported by SRC Incorporated, a not-for-profit research and development company whose goal is to bring a focus of respect, teamwork, and the freedom to innovate to the workplace. Learn more at srcinc.com WAER. Welcome to the 315. I'm Joe Lee. And I'm Kevin Kloss. As Mr. Fancy Pants over there, Joe Lee described in the opener, a vibrant culture is essential to enabling people to actively participate in community life, celebrate our differences, and ensure fair and equitable access to cultural resources. Today we're here to learn a little more about Q's Culture Magazine and the Q's Culture Festival taking place Saturday, July 20th in downtown Syracuse. We welcome to the show Victoria Coit, founder and director of operations and business development at Q's Culture. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. First of all, tell us a little bit about Q's Culture. Um, I know it's it's labeled as a magazine. Is it still a magazine? Is it digital? Is it in print format? What's mm-hmm. going on? Yeah, so three and a half years ago, we started Q's Culture Magazine as an online and print magazine to um, really honor minority millennials and tell their story as a different narrative within Central New York and Syracuse to be specific. Um, After about a year and a half, we turned into a full-service boutique media group and um, public relations firm. So right now, we are still holding on to the torch of the magazine as sort of putting out a one-year, uh, every uh, annual a yearbook for uh, our our folks that still want to read about our folks. Okay. <laughs> so three years ago, when you decided to, mm-hmm. to do this, what was the conversation? Who was having the conversation? And what was the identified need? Um, the conversation was um, there's a lot of conversation around poverty, poverty, poverty in central New York and Syracuse to be specific, even since the report came out um, about poverty. We wanted to we were individuals that lived a different life and uh, we really wanted to highlight our friends, ourselves and everybody that we know that not everybody is um coming from an impoverished, they might come from poverty, but they don't live in poverty, that there is a strong base of professionals of color in central New York, and um, we wanted to tell their story. And there's also a strong base of individuals that are striving to be professionals, and we wanted to create spaces so that they would be able to um, feel comfortable, see themselves there, and even if they weren't to their intended goal, see themselves as, see, see a space where they can strive to. So you guys started as a magazine and now you've kind of morphed into a larger operation. Correct. Was that the plan when you guys started or was there something you saw in that first year or so that made you think that it was something that needed to go to a larger scale? 
Um, it wasn't the plan when we started to become a public relations firm. Um, the plan was to have events, <laughs> you know, um, professional now, and, networking. And, and, and was that mm-hmm. um, was that to fill a void, a gap for yes, uh, uh, some to, events yes. that uh, that were going on? That mm-hmm. okay. It was all to fill a void. Right. It was all to change the narrative. Um, so that's why we started off with the magazine. The events came because we wanted to have um, events where folks could meet people in the magazine. And just sort of like have a live event and have a magazine where people can read and, you know, just have different touch points for individuals. Um, What ended up happening is that we built an audience. We built a a pretty sizable um, network. And so we were asked by different companies and things like that to do different things. And that's So you have, so they're coming to you for access. Mm Mm-hmm. To a particular demographic, right? Okay, professionals. Of color. All right, so that right. was a opportunity that uh, mm-hmm. that just developed, and you took advantage of it. Um, yeah. There was a yeah, there was an opportunity to develop, but then there also um, I, I was uh, I guess the word would be irritated a little bit to just always hear that certain companies may not have people of color in it because there are no people of color to fill this position, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just like mm, I know a whole lot of them, you know. So that's sort of how the conversation started. It wasn't that there weren't individuals to fill positions that were qualified. It was that your circle looks like you. Right. Now, in in, um, addressing that sort of uh, misconception Mm -hmm. and providing opportunity for for, for folks to come together, you guys host uh, professional Mm -hmm. networking Mm -hmm. uh, events. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we started off uh, hosting professional networking events in collaboration with a couple other organizations, um, and then we started hosting them ourselves. Once we started hosting them ourselves, the intention is, my background is in community and political organizing, so um, I I just was challenging myself (laughs) to be able to take those skills and translate them. And one of the skills in community organizing is one-on-ones and having one-on-one intentional conversations to build a network and just to understand what folks' self-interest is. Why why are they in Syracuse? What are they doing? What would they like to see? Those type of things. And then so for me, it turned into an opportunity of when, when you have all these people in a room, it's one thing just to put them there. But then it's another thing to understand that so-and-so over here has these hopes and dreams and so-and-so over here can help them achieve their hopes and dreams. They're, they're a step closer. So saying, you know, connecting them. Um, so what would you say to someone sitting at this table, not named Kevin, <laughs> that has a, a millennial daughter that he encouraged to move out of Syracuse for better life, culture, opportunity. What is uh, life like here for young black professionals? I would say um, for young black professionals, one of our, I wouldn't say as a slogan, but one of our sayings at Q's Culture is that we encourage individuals, we want to tell stories and highlight individuals that are able to come here, live and make an impact, that want to make an impact, right? Um, I found, I've lived several places. I was born in California. I was raised in Syracuse. I moved out to D.C. for many years. And um, one of the gifts and the true gems in Syracuse is that whatever you like to do, wherever you see a gap, wherever your mind and vision can take you is uh, connected to some action is where you're going to go, you know. So um, life here for a young professional, it can be interesting. 
at times, um, but it, it can also be, um, I, I call it interesting, can translate into opportunity. And if you position yourself, if you understand what you're, you're worth and what you're here to do, you can really make a lot of things happen. So I can speak for myself as a young professional here. I am filled with pure potential and possibilities. Um, and there could be under, other individuals that don't see that yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't, it's not there, it doesn't exist. Right. So you mentioned after you guys launched the magazine that you started to build an audience. Mm -hmm. Was that something that happened slowly or was it something quickly? Did you feel like people were thirsty for what you had to provide? I think it happened very quickly um, to the point that it, we sort of had to step back and say, oh, okay, well, what do we really want to do? You know, well, what I knew that we didn't want to do is just have parties. You know, um, there had to be like some true intention behind it. Um, I I gained joy in hearing people say I connected with so and so, and um, a lot of people that weren't millennials were come and be like, you know, in my inbox, Victoria, can I? Um, is it is some older people going to be there? Oh, that'd, that'd be <laughs> me. So, like you know, I don't, but. Um, the value in it started being that it was people across all age ranges that were thirsty for a professional setting and individuals there that you might not be able to pick up the phone and call, that they made the time. I'm, I'm grateful that they made the time to come through because different connections were made and, you know, it was sort of like a synergy that happened, you know? And so part of your growth has manifested in the festival that you guys are running mm -hmm, this year where... Mm -hmm. Your objective is redefining culture. Yes. Talk a little bit about why this festival is important and what do you hope to accomplish in terms of redefining the culture? Hmm. So I see Syracuse as a melting pot. Um, I, I know somebody told me that over 40 different nationalities are in Nottingham High School alone. That's my alma mater. And... Um, I don't think it's alma mater if you're in high school, is it? It's high school I went to. That's what I call it. Right. So um, knowing that and just taking a drive down Butternut or, you know, different places in Syracuse, um, there's such a, so many silos built when it comes to nationality, right? We have this festival for these people and this festival, this festival. Now everybody can go to them, but in, the, in celebration of a specific nationality. And we wanted to um, redefine culture, especially in Syracuse, as a, as a melting pot of all of these cultures, right? Why does the music only have to be X. Why can't it be African music, Irish music? Why can't it in the popular music? Or if you went to your friend's house that was Dominican and, you know, the sights, the smells, the or I compare it to if you go to Chinese food or Chinatown for Chinese food or if you go to China or if you go to Destiny, you know, it's three different experiences of one culture. And so I wanted to we wanted to be able to pull together all of those cultures, and just celebrate and redefine um, what we are about to do in Syracuse. So this, is, in, in essence, is a multicultural festival. Multicultural. So how have you, what have you noticed about the uh, growing immigrant population in, uh, in Syracuse, and how has that in, informed um, how you guys go about celebrating an inclusive culture? Hmm. What I've noticed about... Those cultures, and I, I let's let's keep it to since I'm African American, African cultures. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a bit of a divide between the cultures, 
even though we're from the same space. Right. <laughs> you know, and we, we rock the same DNA. Right, right. The same DNA, same country. And um it it's hurtful to see, you know, and so to be able to pull everybody together and love ourselves on a cellular level, you know, on a deeper level is important to me. And that goes for there may not be a whole bunch of Bhutanese um, community in Syracuse that's just, you know, generations of generations because a huge population came here, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of are in are, are, are we're all together. So I think the appreciation piece is huge um, and not just like, oh, food, because mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of time it stops with food and and um, but just on traditions mm-hmm. and the commonality of us all. Well, I'm looking forward existence. to this. This should mm-hmm. be a, a really good celebration of uh, of culture in Syracuse. Now, Thank you. this is your first festival. Very first festival. And I, I know from firsthand that festivals are tough to produce. So mm-hmm. what has it been like for you trying to pull together um, something like this that is uh, not a, a part of what you guys have been doing traditionally? Um, it's interesting because I feel like I was telling my friend the other day, I, I think it's just God stretching us <laughs> because it's one thing to put 250 people in a room for an event or 400, right? And then you get into like, oh, I think projections, 2,000, 5,000. And then it's, I think that we operate so much on the element of surprise when it comes to our events that I've sort of had to come out of my, a lot of times I don't let people know what's happening at events. It's just like, this is the event, brand it, market it, come. And then people are like, oh, wow, that was, you know, crazy. Mm -hmm. This time I'm I'm saying to myself, we're a week out. And I'm like, I have to start letting people know what's going to be there so that they come. (laughs) So that they come out and that, you know, that they understand, you know, what's about to happen. Yeah, because it is a it's a crowded marketplace. There's Mm -hmm. a there is something going on, a festival going on almost every weekend in this Mm -hmm. town this time of year. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so getting the word out there, I think, is is crucial for participation. Now, how big is your organization? Um, I, I pretty small. Okay. We are a team of three okay. at this point. Yeah, wow, that's so. And then you have uh, maybe volunteers that are pitching in to help produce the festival. Volunteers for um, I'm big on collaboration. Um, so we have a kids zone that's happening, but we didn't want it to be a traditional kids zone, um, like bouncy houses, um, balloons type thing. We want it to be like STEM, mm-hmm. um, STEM activities. We wanted to, them to do painting. We wanted them to learn, but have a great time. So we collaborated with Hope Print, and Hope Print has a uh, I Create Summer Program, STEM program for pre-K to, I think, fifth grade. And so um, we're collaborating with them, and they're they're running the show and. Um, the painting poet, okay. <laughs> so okay. he's gonna come out and paint with the kids, and I just wanted it to be something memorable for them. Um, that's just an example of collaboration. Mm-hmm. So we have collaboration a- across a lot of f- our fronts. Our VIP tent is going to be done by um, a group called the Fearless Queens, and then also um, the Like Minded, the Creators Lounge. So it's more of a lounge feel, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we try to collaborate. Okay. Yeah. As someone who's got two small children, I'll say the kids' area sounds great. <laughs> if I can drop them off, let them do some painting with the poet, I would very much uh, appreciate that. But mm-hmm. uh, getting back to the idea of sort of cultural diversity mm-hmm. within Syracuse, 
What do you think is the perception within the city of our cultural diversity? Do you think it's something that people recognize? Do you think it's something that's still in the shadows? From your point of view, what's cultural diversity look like in Syracuse? Um, I think it's apparent that there is cultural diversity. I think the word that isn't apparent is inclusiveness. So we have uh, all of these different celebrations and festivals, mm-hmm. but but nothing that brings it all together. Is that what you're saying? Um, that's not not exactly. I, my perception of when you say, do people recognize that we're a diverse city? Mm-hmm. I think people recognize when they're in the city that there's a lot of different nationalities, um, new Americans, um, and then also individuals that have been here for years, right? Um, I, when it comes to maybe a branding marketing thing of things that you see about Syracuse when you're not from here, yeah, you would think that it's pretty white. Or you would think, or, you know, Ah, Pretty I white. Okay. Yeah. So the, <laughs> you know, so the representation of, the representation. of Syracuse uh, is not inclusive. It's not. I've right. heard of a lot of professionals that have been courted to come here for high level positions. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they come from DC, LA, all types of other places that are more diverse professionally. And they come here and the whole company is maybe white, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. and then. They may put them at a hotel in Fayetteville, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then they just bust them into the organization. Mm-hmm. And and the person's looking around like, where am I? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think this is the position that I want to take. And the thing about it is being a young professional, you can make all the money in the world, but you're going to you're going to you're not going to want to live inside of that for too long. You're going to travel. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to travel on the weekends. You're going to make your money. And then when you get to your point that you want to get to, you're going to go somewhere where you feel like you have more, you know. So I think that we are diverse. I think that um, just showing it in on all levels of <laughs> all professional levels and organizations and, you know, small things, flyers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we started doing flyers and we mainly put people of color on them, you know, then we would have people that are white, you know, inbox me and say, is this only for black people? Right. And that said, that's interesting because when I see people with, you know, flyers with only white people on it, which is the flyers that I see every day, I, I don't inbox and say, hey, can I come? Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you Got mind it. if I stop by, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And But this, these are the, the only, almost the un, the hidden norms, mm-hmm. you know, and because it's different. This is interesting because, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking to someone who represents an organization that is trying to to move culture. You know, most of us go about our lives day to day unaffected or impacted in different ways, but we're not doing things that are uh, actually trying to make some shifts in who we are and how we're represented. So mm-hmm. very interesting stuff. Uh, let's talk a little more about the festival, though, because uh, mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit about what Kevin's kids can do. Right. What about mm-hmm. the grown and sexy? What, what, what can <laughs> he pointed we, to himself. What, 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 <laughs> what can we get into? What's, what's going to be happening? Who's performing yes. and what other kinds of activities, foods represented? What's going on? So we're talking yeah. the 20th, 11 a.m. to 11. 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So what's happening in there? So between then we have uh, artist, um, um, artist named M Island. Um, he's a national, or actually a yeah, national artist, and he has a full 
45 minutes of showcase that he's put together. That's going to be great. What kind of music? Um, he does R&B, uh, rap. He, he would, it, he would be cringing if he heard me say that, okay. but it's, it's soul, it's expression, it's his expression. He doesn't like to put it in a box. Okay. Um, we also have, um, a podcast, a popular podcast called Vibe with Tiff and Jai that's going to have their live podcast going on, on, on the main stage talking to, uh, some influencers in Syracuse and mm-hmm. having a great conversation. Well, um, the three one five should be there. I know you guys cut through, <laughs> cut through. You we told definitely. them we were busy. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, we have our national or international act is Danielle Ponder and the Tomorrow People, and that starts at nine, uh, about nine fifteen, nine thirty. Um, and she's traveled to festivals all around the world, just coming off of tour from. Um, the UK, mm-hmm. and so we're excited to have her because she's extremely engaging. Um, she's another soul singer. Um, we have some Nepalese dancers. We have an African DJ, um, or a DJ that plays Afro punk music, um, and then we have uh, you know American music. <laughs> and and lay out the the phys- what the physical layout is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Washington Street, but it's from, Washington from what Street? to what and. Right. It's um, Washington between Warren and State Street Mm -hmm. um, in front of the City Hall, um, the main stage. I don't know if you're familiar with the Italian Fest, but same type of setup. Okay. Um, So the main stage is in the middle of the street on Washington between the State Building and City Hall. Um, We also have Market Street, which is the side street off of City Hall, Mm -hmm. and that's where the vendors will be. Then across the street from City Hall is their parking lot. That'll be sort of like a food court area. And um, you'll have seating in front of the stage as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. Last question from me is how mm-hmm. does this differ um, from, say, a Juneteenth celebration in terms of the the, the entertainment? Not, not the, mm-hmm. the mission, but the entertainment and... Uh, activities is there a uh, mm-hmm. are you setting yourself apart from uh, from that kind of uh, celebration um it's definitely two types of celebrations um, mm-hmm. I would say Juneteenth uh, well I'll speak for Q's Culture Fest we're striving especially as the years go around, go on to have more um, more international okay. feel to it mm-hmm. um, and you know less one-sidedness mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that but i want folks from each sort of pocket of the city to be represented in a way that is pleasing to their soul right yeah no i mean juneteenth mm-hmm. is a it's a very specific yeah. um celebration mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. should be celebrated but uh sometimes when you're you're trying to put together an uh, event like this uh we can we can tend to borrow from the same mm-hmm. you know same actors vendors all that so this mm-hmm. this it's mm-hmm. nice to hear that this is going to be uh, an entirely different experience. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Right, thank you. Last thing for me, mm-hmm. free festival. And if people wanted more information, do you guys have a website they can check out? We do. It is a free and open to the public. Um, it's free and open to the public. And um, our website is www.cusecultureculture.com. Um, we are Cuse Culture amongst uh, uh, across social media pockets so i would say instagram and facebook 
Um, and then also, if you just check out Eventbrite, we do some stuff up on Eventbrite just for folks that aren't familiar with us at all that like to peruse Eventbrite. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned a, a VIP tent. That's, yes. That's a, there's a cost to that. Oh, um, there's not a cost to oh, okay. it. But it's, um, we have uh, major sponsors. And can I okay. mention the major sponsors? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we want to know who's supporting mm-hmm. good uh uh, good things in our community. Right. Um, so we have uh, our, our largest contributor is CNY Arts Foundation in Onondaga County. Um, you'll see our billboards are on the sides of the On Center, the digital billboards. Um, we have Gifford Foundation, which is sponsoring the Kids Zone, uh, Central New York Community Foundation, and also Visit Syracuse. We're okay. happy to have as well. Absolutely. This is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. I'm glad we had you in. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming and talking to us about... Uh, the Q's Culture Festival, which takes place July 20 from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Washington Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we certainly uh, invite everyone listening to come out and uh, experience uh, different culture in Syracuse. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. So, man, we have a, a brand new festival in what I like to dub as the City of Festivals in Syracuse, New York, a first time festival uh, that's going to be celebrating uh, multi multicultural um, uh, folks and events and foods and music. It's going to be a great event on July 20. Uh, it just demonstrates there is still a lot to discover in this town. You know, I've lived here my whole life, Joe, and I feel like every couple of years is a new festival that's celebrating a different aspect of life here in Syracuse that we can experience. And, you know, this Q's Culture Fest is just another great example of that. Yeah, I really appreciate Victoria Coit for uh, stopping in and talking to us about it. You can get other episodes of the 315 by uh, visiting Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can connect with us on Facebook by liking and following our page. Just search for the 315 CNY. And, of course, we have a dedicated program page at WAER.org. So you're not going to miss it. You can get it. It's out there. Go get it. For the 315, I'm Joe Lee. And I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening.